welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. This is episode 34, and today we are talking about buying into a real estate business. This is a little bit of a different topic, and this is the very last in our farming series But I think anybody who is an entrepreneur and a really good business person always looks for opportunities. And this is one of those opportunities that if you can find it and you can make the most of it, can really transform your career. Is this literally the last chapter? The last, this is the last chapter of the book. Yep. Um, Which I was going to label buying the farm, but then that sounded a little like morbid. (laughs) So welcome, first of all. I'm Meredith Vogel, along with Valerie Harnois. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to leave us reviews and ratings. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the purchases of the book that this little series is based on farming for real estate agents. And remember that when you review or rate our podcast, review and rate the podcast, Uh, You will also get a promo code for the audiobook, which is now available on Audible, and it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a reviewer rating for the show as well, and send us some show ideas. Now that we're through with this series, we've got some great ideas, but we want yours as well. In our last episode, we talked about how to know when it's time to form a team and what it means to be a real estate team. Today is, as I said, the final installment, and this is a subject that I don't think a lot of people think about. Some people think about it as they're ending their career, what to do with a book of business that they've built, but I think many fewer agents think about the opportunity that the business of an outgoing or retiring real estate agent represents, Um, and it is really highly valuable to kind of start thinking about this and just put your feelers out like anything else, what you focus on expands. So if you start focusing and thinking about this, you're going to see it's going to come to you. So you have to have your eye out for retiring farmers. Exactly. Older farmers. Exactly right. And my belief is that some of the agents who have been in this business for a long time, the oldies but goodies, as I refer to them, they are like squeezing the last drops of juice out of the market that we're in right now. They know, they feel it. Like they know that this is their last hurrah. They're going to ride this wave. And when that wave rolls into the beach, they're walking off into the sunset. So pick up your surfboard. Turn it on. Exactly. Real estate people go to die. (laughs) We love navels, but that's listening for navels. But that does seem to happen quite a bit. But, you know, be the person to put your surfboard on that wave and ride it right back out again, because it is something that's already been built. The momentum is there by this agent who's put so much time and effort in. So don't let that just die or go to waste. And this really can transform your career or take you into the next phase. And essentially, this is how I took over my farm area. A lot of people don't know this, but my original business partner, Judy Howland, who was also my mentor... Um, was the original Kentland's resident realtor. And she built a huge business here when the community was brand new. People still still mention it all the they time. They do. I always hear it all the time. Yeah. Judy Holland used to, yeah. Yep, Sorry. absolutely. And she, she was very passionate about the neighborhood the way that we are now. Right. Loved it. Wouldn't have lived anywhere else at the time. I was actually doing a CMA yesterday and it had Judy Holland. Oh, that's so funny. When I looked just at a model of um, Tumble, oh, uh-huh. and then it showed, I'm like, oh my God, like there's that <laughs> name again. Yep. So I'm going to tell you today how I did that, how I took over the farm area and what the strategy I was, I I used to um, buy the business essentially or buy into the business. 
And you're also going to hear from Angie Talent, who is now the owner of several offices in Alaska. And we're going to tell you how she took over her real estate business that she now runs. So let's get started, as we always do, with a quote. This one is from Angie Talent, who I just mentioned. Angie was actually one of the first agents I interviewed for the book. And although she's the last agent featured in the book because it's the last chapter that her her subject matter is spoken about, she made such an impression on me. She is a powerhouse. She's very passionate about her business. She is smart as a whip, and she just really knows her stuff. Um, And she's a really good business person. She has actually grown her brokerage so large that she has 25 plus 25% market share in her area. And when I asked her whether, as she looks back over her career, which she's still very much in the midst of, whether she would have done anything differently, she said, one thing I've learned in business is that you can't be afraid to take risks. I love that. She's a big, and one of the biggest risks she took was taking over a business that she was fairly new to. Valerie, what do you think about that statement that you can't be afraid to take well, risks? Well, that's funny because I think if people met, like if they meet me, they would think I'm a risk taker. They but would. I'm, I'm risk averse. <laughs> I'm actually very conservative. So I feel like you hadn't pushed me into my staging business. That's been, so I'm glad you're my yang to my yang because. <laughs> It takes, I'm very conservative that way. So I'm always like, oh, what if it doesn't work? And you're always like, who cares? We're going to make it work. It is funny you know? though, because people would think I you're know. a risk taker. People would think I'm the non-risk exactly. taker. Exactly. And I'm and actually I'm, With other people, I'm like, oh my God, just buy that, do it. But then, <laughs> so it is kind of weird. It's yeah. like the opposite. But yes, definitely, I agree with the quote. Yes. Yeah, yeah, especially in real estate. I mean, you've yeah. got to put it out there to get anything back for sure. Yeah. And remember that a successful real estate business is a valuable and tradable commodity. So if you think of it that way as a business that you can buy, and remember too, as your wheels are turning on this, you can sell your business one day once you've built it up to a certain point. Um, This is something that you can plan for your future when you retire. Don't just let your business die. Sell it to somebody. Continue to have some income from it. Well, and that's when you're having transactions with other agents. I always felt like, "Mm, that's someone that works like me. Yes. So you can be scoping out. I remember scoping out someone at one point. I'm like, oh, that's someone that I thought would retire. Mm. And then they paired up with someone that I'm like, oh, my God, you know what I'm talking about. But I'll tell you off the microphone. But but when they paired up, I'm like, oh, my God, like if that person referred this new person, it's Uh, it's Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, It's definitely not. You know, it doesn't work. No, and it didn't actually because that new person has had no market share. That's my point. So I feel like it's got to be someone that does business like you do business. 100%. And by doing all the transactions, you can figure out who's that agent. Right. Right. Whether you're the incoming or the outgoing agent, it has to be a good fit. Yeah. And the future income of that potential thriving real estate business has a lot of value. Even though buying into a business can be a risk, uh, when you do it in a planned, strategic manner, and in a determined way, you really mitigate the risk. And that's what we're going to tell you how to do today. One point Angie also made is that even though there was complete trust in her relationship with her retiring lead agent, she also put everything in writing. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really important. She made it very clear. And because you never know, I mean, I you know, could have passed away. Right? You then, never, yeah. yeah, you've got to have it all in writing. So it's all lined out. The tips we're sharing today, and I know we're going to go through a lot. So feel free to take notes. But um, we have all of this also outlined in our show notes, and you can revisit all of this in the book, Farming for Real Estate Agents, as well. Um, There's going to be a lot of detail. So like I said, you know, follow along as much as you can. You can always re-listen. So real estate farms are traditionally sold using one of two methods. 
In either scenario, you're going to need to work with the outgoing agent to quantify the value of the business and its income potential. It's also a really good idea to work with with a financial planner, a tax accountant, and or an attorney to be sure the valuation is accurate and that the sale is completed in a financially and legally sound manner. I think that sometimes because we negotiate so much as real estate agents, we kind of overestimate our ability to formally negotiate a business transaction for ourselves like this. And this is an important thing Mm -hmm. if you're buying into a business or selling your business. So make sure you're getting guidance around that. We are going to start today with what is commonly referred to as a fixed price one-time sale. This, I think, is a method that fewer people do, but it's useful when the retiring or outgoing agent wants to just cleanly hand off the business and exit. So it's not for an agent who wants to have to continue to have their hands in it. They just want to be done. Um, In this method, it's very important that the infrastructure of the business is completely in place in order to ensure a smooth transition of the business. So elements of the transition plan should include like whether the incoming agent will take over the existing office location, um, whether databases, marketing methods and pieces, related systems, all of those are going to be transferred to the new lead agent, whether team members that are already part of the business and administrative staff will transition to the new lead agent, And even little things like whether the new lead agent is going to use existing websites or photography companies or social media sites, staging, other resources, all of those things need to be thought out. You really have to examine every little piece of the business to figure out how that's going to work. And the other big piece of this is how the handoff is going to be communicated to past clients, prospects, and sphere. The outgoing agent's involvement in that piece is well, vitally say, important. important part. Yeah, it's almost like if you've ever gone to a doctor right, and the doctor right. retires. Yes. You know, if the doctor just leaves you like up in the air without right, anything. Right, and you call and you're like, what, who's there now? Right, yeah. I don't know this person. And yes. then at that moment, you might go, well, I'm going to explore my other options, right? Right. You need a warm handoff. Totally. Hopefully, the outgoing agent is going to introduce you to all of their sphere members is going to put the word out. You do some kind of a video. Yeah, not, it's pointless. Yeah, honestly. Exactly. Then you're not going to get the um, the return on this investment. I think determining the value of the business being sold is one of the most challenging aspects of the one-time sale. In theory, if you think about it this way, the agent taking on the business stands to earn at least what the outgoing agent has earned each year with maybe some moderate initial devaluation if the lead agent does everything exactly right. But remember, the more systems, processes, and infrastructure that's already in place, the more likely the business is to be able to keep running even as the outgoing agent cleanly steps away after that kind of initial intro period. In general, what I have been told is that a business is valued at about three times its annual net income at the time of sale. So to take a very simple example, if a business nets $100,000 a year, it might be sold for $300,000. When you plan this wisely, The one-time sale can really be a sound option. It allows that retiring rainmaker to completely walk away with a windfall payout that if they invest and manage wisely can provide a decent retirement nest egg or a nest egg to get them to the next phase of their career. So that's option one. Have you ever known anybody, Valerie, who's bought other than, I mean, I don't think the people we were talking about bought the business, but just part no, of it. No, but it's the same like Donald always helping people like when Rogelio was going to buy the business and yes. he's like, okay, we need to look at the books, but it's exactly what you're saying. Like someone from outside 
needs to come and look at it yeah. just to make sure you're either getting a great deal, yeah. not a bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's one of those funny things, like as agents, we know when we need to bring a specialist in, right. like we know when we're out of our depth, you but for ourselves, too. Exactly. <laughs> we exactly. have like myopia. Right. Like, because we have someone, what do you mean you're negotiating yeah. without someone? Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the method that I used, and this is also the one that Angie used, and the one I think more agents use is what we call a referral-based phased sale. This method requires a longer-term investment of time and effort on the part of the rainmaker, but it also has the potential of yielding greater long-term rewards for the exiting lead agent. In this referral-based phase sale method, the rainmaker trains and mentors the incoming lead agent to conduct the business as similarly as possible to the business the rainmaker has established. At Valerie's point, it should be a really good fit. It should feel like a seamless transition where that new agent is really stepping into the shoes of the outgoing agent. And then gradually, the rainmaker introduces the incoming agent to his or her past clients' sphere of influence, other agents with whom he or she has built relationships, and gets them comfortable. So, for example, when Judy and I did this, she started taking me on all her listing appointments. She started having me show in her place. And I remember at one point she said to me, okay, people are maybe more comfortable with you than they were with me. So I feel good about this, you know? Um, But I think I kind of had to prove that too. I didn't even really know I was proving it, but I think I had to. Um, And then what happens is the incoming agent begins to work with and oversee support staff and team members. When this happens, the rainmaker and the incoming agent, like Judy and I did, initially attend all the appointments together and then gradually transition the business as the incoming agent takes on greater responsibility over time. Ideally, the incoming agent is also bringing something more to the table, like I brought my technology and internet knowledge to right. the table while she you know, was kind of teaching me the ins and outs of the, the real estate um, game and also the all the community. Right, she was more old school, like she have was. the floor plans and the postcards, exactly. and then you had more of the 21st century stuff. Yep, exactly. Which is actually almost like a natural progression, right? It like was. an older agent. Yep. It really was. Does it a certain way, and then the newer agent brings new things. Yeah, brought value, exactly. And what happened was with her, she got to spend more and more time in Florida with her grandkids, and we didn't lose any business. In fact, I was starting to, like, pick up um, some momentum on business. I think when I I started, you still had a split with her. I did. I remember. Because then you would split with me and with her. Yep, I did. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then once the rainmaker feels the incoming agent is able to take on the business and is like almost interchangeable with the rainmaker in the eyes of the clientele and the team, the staff, other agents, then the lead agent becomes more and more independent. Even though the rainmaker might eventually be able to relocate completely away from the farm area as Judy did, in this model, it is vital that the rainmaker continues to maintain relationships they've established over the years and that they remain accessible. So this is one of the things that Judy did. She kept her website live. Oh, I think it was we agreed okay. on a five-year period. She kept her phone number for a five-year period. She kept nice. her Maryland real estate license active. She made a commitment to come back and visit people every so often to come to um, Cantlin's Day in October. And you still Fest. get some people because of Judy, right? Sometimes I get people who yep. knew her. Yeah, right. and because we were partners, she right. they call me. Yep. Um, and the rainmaker also should commit to just calling and checking in with their sphere of influence over time. And if the subject of real estate comes up to pivot that person in the direction of the new lead agent, that should all be things that this, this relocating person is doing. Um, they also need to make sure that anything like social media accounts are either being kept active or transferred to the new rainmaker's name. 
um, that they're responding to emails, texts, voicemails, and it promptly pass leads that come their way to the incoming agent as they are leaving the business. The more prompt that happen, promptly that happens, the more possible it is that the incoming agent is going to continue the momentum. Plus, in this one, they're more invested in that they're getting it. They're not getting it in the front That's right. end. They're getting, like I said, happen. That's right, so yeah. So it behooves their them. Their best interest. Yep, right. exactly. The greater this exiting Rainmaker's visibility, too, um, and the involvement, I think the more repeat and referral business continues to come to the new agent. And like you said, that's all splits back to the outgoing agent. So it does influence or it does uh, benefit them as well. Now, the referral structure that you use in this model follows, follows a diminishing structure over a period of years, whereby the Rainmaker continues to earn referral income as the new agent takes on the full responsibilities of the business. So gradually, the Rainmaker transitions completely out as fewer inquiries come their way and their level of visibility and involvement in the business decreases naturally as well. So here's how the money part works. And this is what might be a little bit hard to follow on the podcast. But again, remember, this is all going to be outlined in our notes. If you go to our website at therealestaterainmakers.com, it is also very um, detailed in the way that it's outlined in the book. So this is generally what it might look like. Year one, you might be at a 50-50 split for referrals or leads that come your way via the Rainmaker. Year two, it would be 60% incoming agent, 40% exiting agent. Year three, 70% incoming agent, 30% exiting agent. Year four, 80-20, and then year five, 90-10. And then by year six, there is no further split to the exiting agent. So of course, this can vary, and this is this is a very commonly used example. But by year six in this, this enables the exiting rainmaker to completely retire, not be responsible anymore for involvement in the farm area, um, or to follow up with leads, past client sphere, any of that. Now, if the outgoing rainmaker wants a quicker exit, you might make this split more aggressive, while a longer term exit might make this a more gradual split. What was Judy's exit? Six? That was a five-year. Five. It was, this is exactly what we did. Oh, was, okay. the, was the five-year. Yeah. yeah. And then I think we may have done like a one-off where... Referrals. Yeah. If, if something came after. right through her. Yeah. yeah. That for like maybe... Yeah. Why not? Something like that. Yeah. making money and so you. Yep. Exactly. And this is, like, this is what Angie did too. Some of the agreements that she had had some exceptions in place for things that were, you know, really came right through the Rainmaker and wouldn't oh, have come okay. to the agent otherwise. Um, and there are other agreements that include a blanket referral for all closed transactions, regardless of the source of business. So it it can vary. There are other agreements that include a permanent per transaction referral fee for, um, anything that comes, you know, in in perpetuity through the exiting rainmaker. I've seen that as well. I think it's a little harder to manage, but you could consider that depending on, you know, how your, how your structure is, um, constructed. Most exiting rainmakers find, I think, though, that the time and expense associated with keeping their license and referral status and um, having to you know, keep that continuing education up long term and having like some involvement long term isn't really worth the relatively small referral fees that they get wow. from that kind of a structure. So lots to think about on this one. Um, Valerie, do you have any thoughts on like, do you think it for people coming into the business, do you think it, it is important for them to start to think about this kind of thing? Well, I think exactly what I said before, that as you're working with people in the same neighborhood, you can kind of scope out someone because I think it's got to be a relationship. It can't be yeah. just like, oh, you're retiring. Here I am, because you are going to need, I think, that bond of kind of helping each other. Yeah. 
And I don't think that works just with, I think that would work on the option A where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm just buying your thing and I don't need your help mm -hmm. that much. But mm -hmm. in the other option B. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I've seen some that I'm like, that could work. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. Um, you're, what is it? Um, the farm princess. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I shouldn't be buying my little crop. <laughs> but yes I can totally see how that's actually remember when one person had asked me about it and she was so totally not compatible mm -hmm. I was already working with you and mm -hmm. I'm like I don't think so but mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's, this is funny. This is one of these subjects that I mentioned this before when I was, I started at Long and Foster as a new agent and at our very first, they used to do these like retreats. With all the old ladies at Long and Foster. All the old ladies, they are so sweet. And some of them are still in business. So are mean. Mean to the retreats. So mean ones. But I love like the ones that are still around. I actually just got, um, I just had a transaction with somebody who right. is from my old Long and Foster days. And I like love it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get it's to work true. with you. It's Because I know, like, they know what they're doing. They're solid people. They've been doing it for longer than I have. So right, and those are people that if they have a great transaction with you, or yeah. they would be like, hey, can I send my people? Because they feel comfortable. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They could try to strike That's an true. arrangement with you. That's true. But this was the subject of our very first, I think they used to call it planning day at Long and Foster. It was like our little retreat. Right. And um, they had someone come in who, I don't know if he was a business planner or a tax accountant or something. And came in and did a presentation very similar to this on buying. Actually, his was on retiring and moving out of the business and selling it. Right. And he went through these like different steps and different methods. And at the time, I was a newbie agent. It like barely resonated with me. And I'm like, oh, that's a cute idea for one day, you know. Right. But now, as I revisit it and think about it, and after hearing Angie's story, I was like, wow, that really resonates. And then I didn't really realize, like, I did this. That's with exactly Judy. what you're doing. Right? Yeah. But what a smart thing it is for people to think about as they're either building their careers, if they can identify someone, especially, like I said, right now, as we head into the end of 2022, I think especially we're going to see some right. of these agents go, All right, I'm good. I just ran a marathon for the past 24 months. Right. I'm moving to, to Naples. Naples. <laughs> But I think people have to think about it, like you said, like the doctor. Like, mm -hmm. it's got to be done. Because you're right. That's happened to me where I call him, like, what do you mean is yes. Dr. Newman? What happened to Dr. whatever? Right. And you're right. I'm not likely to stay because no one warned me. Or we're like, oh, my God, I really like him. He's my new colleague. Right. So it's got to be the same. It's weird to think about it in real estate because we don't really have, like, receivables. You know what I mean? Like an actual book of accounting that we're giving. Right. Of invoices outstanding. Right. So it's more the capital of the relationship is really what we're. Yes. So because it is a relationship, it has to be that rainmaker really has to, it's yep. a pivotal. Yeah, it has to be maintained yes. and a warm handoff is vital. So they important. trust you as much as she trusted her. If not, yeah. they're going to be like the dentist and go find a new dentist. Exactly. Later. Exactly. My old dentist is not here anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that's back to the old real estate as a business of relationships. And right, it, exactly. It really is, and the value is in the relationships that that exiting rainmaker has built and will help establish with you if you're the incoming right. agent. And I can see, like, usually real estate personalities are like us that we stay in touch and mm -hmm. chat and yeah. email. So I can see even in retirement, that would be fun. Like, yes, call me and then I'm going to pass you on to X or yeah. Y or Z, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, even now, I call Judy. I talk to her every few months, probably. And it's just so nice, like, seeing the other side of it. And right. Then, like, she's, you know, she's playing golf and tennis and sitting on the beach. Is she in Naples? No, she, oh. <laughs> she's in Florida, but not Naples. Um, but she has this this wonderful retired life now, and right. she has reaped the rewards of a humongous amount of effort that she put in over her right. years in real estate. 
And she loved every minute of it, but she knew when she was ready. And, Correct. you know, she, and she found somebody to pass it on to that was enabled her to still be part of it. But, you know, having her to call and she's always like, I'm just so proud of you. And it's oh, like so sweet. Yeah, someone that understands exactly yes. what you're doing. Yeah. And exactly in the same place, too. So yeah. it's almost weird. Yeah. And she and she's the one who always would say to me whenever I'd get frustrated, she'd be like, don't worry about what other people are doing. You just keep doing exactly what you're doing and it's exactly. all going to pay off. And exactly. she was exactly right. That's funny. Anyway, all right, so lots to think about. So remember, again, visit our show notes page. um, And if you want to get your copy of Farming for Real Estate Agents with all of this detail, you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's on Audible now, anywhere you get your books. And um, that goes into this and all of our systems in much greater depth. So wait, what's our next one if this is the end? This is the end of the book? Well, I thought on our next one, what we would talk about, yes, this is the end of the book. We were going to, we all talk about unlocking listing inventory. So that is, I think, like the hottest topic for right now. But you know, it it applies anytime because listing agents last. And as you know, from a listing, you get multiple buyers, you get other listing opportunities. Um, I was actually just listening to, I know I always shout out to Tom Ferry. I'm going to do it again today, but he has a podcast that he has, I think his name is Tom O'Toole, who um, does this, this beautiful prospecting mm-hmm. and he uses a lot of scripts with like expireds and for sale by owners. And he is like masterful. I, I was listening to his scripting this morning. I was like, oh my God, it's so good what he was saying. Uh, so I'm going to share that with the team, but we'll share some of it on this next episode that we record as well. But really unlocking listing inventory is the name of the game. And he describes it as like hunting. And whether you're like a hunter for like, you know, game or whether you're a hunter for treasure or a prospector, there's some excitement in that. that I think if you bring that to your mentality, really kind of fuels you. So he always says, I make an appointment with myself to hunt for leads every (laughs) single day. And I'm so excited when I get up. And I have to tell you, like, that is what gets gets me going is knowing, like, I might stumble into a lead if I make enough phone calls, if I meet enough That's people. Funny. I get the come list me calls now, so I don't have to, like, hunt as much. Right. But I love hunting. Like, I will do that all day long. That's funny. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're going to share some of those amazing scripts you can start to use today to find listings for your buyers or just for yourself to sell. Plus, we're going to share some secrets of how to get phone numbers for potential sellers. That's something that we have recently discovered, but it has been just a goldmine. So remember, please, to check out our website at therealestaterainmakers.com to find out more about the training, coaching, and lead generation systems and packages we offer to agents in any stage of their careers. And um, remember to follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn if you're there as well. Thank you, as always, for listening. I am Meredith Fogel, along with Valerie Hernwong. And this has been So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. See you next time. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune in to our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, tune in to future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com, for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Vogel. And Valerie Hernandez. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.